Hey everybody, this is Sam with West Virginia Overtime, and like I told you this morning when we were doing the AA game breakdowns, we would be giving you the AAA back breakdowns. I wanted to give you guys enough time to really listen to the AA breakdowns and listen to how I thought that they would go. We're going to do basically the same thing with the AAA. However, what I need to warn you is Wednesday, which is March 11th, is AA Day. Thursday, which is March 12th, is Single A Day. However, in West Virginia, they don't have a AAA Day. What they do is they take two AAA games and play them in the middle of each session of AA Day, and then they take the other two AAA games and play them in the middle of the sessions for Single A Day. So you'll have two AAA games on Wednesday and two AAA games on Thursday. Now, there have been a lot of teams that have complained about this because if you play on Thursday, then of course you're going to only have one day's rest and less than 24 hours to get ready to play again on Friday night. And a lot of coaches have really brought that to people's attention and really have wanted that changed. Since West Virginia voted for the four classifications that start next year, they're going to have to add another day on to the state basketball tournament so that 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A will have enough time. So I'm going to be very interested in how they set up the state tournament next year and will AAA be split up like it is. But let's go ahead and get involved in our first matchup. It starts Wednesday morning, uh, and it'll be March 11th, and the first game is Woodrow Wilson versus Morgantown, and it's supposed to start around 11.15. Like I told you, um, the first game of the morning sessions start at 9.30. They do a really good job, and this game should start anywhere a little bit around 11.15. However, if they, you know, call a lot of fouls or there is something that slows them down that would unforeseeably happen, then it may happen a little later. But the state tournament is ran really, really well. And so I look for this game to start right around 11-15. Now, Woodrow, um, I don't know whether they were trying to fly under the radar this year or or not, but they seemed to be flying under the radar. Uh, I wasn't hearing too many people mention them, and I live in southern West Virginia, in the southern part of the state, and that really shocked me because Woodrow is a normal powerhouse team that is usually always in the discussion for making them. However, 
did they get the state's attention big time uh, during their game against Greenbrier East earlier this year? Um, and I went into a whole podcast episode about those games um, and what started in the first game, what happened in the second game, and on and on with the suspensions and and um, summons that were issued and everything. So you can feel free to go back and listen to that episode if you're interested in that topic. But I really feel like people shouldn't concentrate on that particular game they should have been paying attention to the team i think all along they are led by two seniors victoria staunton and liz cattle and these two seniors seem to really anytime that woodrow gets even a little bit unfocused uh, their coach, Brian Neighbors, can shoot them a look or pull them aside like when someone's shooting a free throw or something and say just a couple words to them. And these two are leaders on the floor, and they try their best to kind of take care of it and to kind of bring the team together, to keep the team together. And they've been kind of impressive. Now, Metro News, when I was reading through um, a lot of their stuff and I was listening to some of their breakdowns and stuff, they had a stat that really caught my attention and I wrote it down and I want to give you guys this stat. I want to also credit uh, Metro News for bringing this up, that they allowed over 60 points in four out of five of their losses. But every game they won, they never allowed over 56. So if, you know, tomorrow in the middle game of the morning session, if you're sitting there in the fourth quarter and it looks like uh, Morgantown is getting up close to that 60-point mark, you may want to start pulling for Morgantown because I just found that to be a really, really interesting stat that if a team scores over 60 on them, they usually win. But if Woodrow can keep them under 56, then they win. So I thought I thought that that was interesting. These two teams met actually earlier in the season and Woodrow beat them 55 to 37. Now, I don't know if you can really count that. I I don't know whether or not uh, how much weight you want to put on that. Woodrow is uh, 19-5, and they really appear to be hitting their stride at the right moment. Since the Greenbrier East altercation happened, their fans took that personally. Shirts were made. They have come out 
full force to all of their games, home and away, and their sectional and regional games. I fully expect for the Woodrow fans to try to pack their areas for this particular game, and and every game after. I, I really think that the Woodrow community has banded around this team and this team is feeding off their energy and just picking at the right time. However, they are taking on Morgantown and Morgantown has had a little bit of a rougher road. And you know the old saying, uh, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey you go on. Well, if anybody's been through a journey, it has been Morgantown. They are 14 and 11, and they totally, and I do mean totally, shocked the whole entire state by upsetting Willing Park. Um, Willing Park was one of the favorites throughout the state uh, to actually probably be in the championship game this year. Uh, they really have played a tough schedule and have had you know a good record, have good players. But Morgantown upset them. And I remember being around a bunch of people when that score came in and it was extremely shocking. And then getting on Twitter later that night and seeing different people throughout the state's reaction to that, um, people were saying, of course, that Willing Park must have had a bad game. Well, I'll tell you, from reading newspaper articles and watching videos from their TV stations in the area and seeing some of the guys that regularly cover them, no, um, Morgantown has been on a journey, and they have progressively gotten better um, throughout the year. And one of the reasons they have gotten better is they have a junior, Caitlin Ammons, and she's basically been the story of their season. She was injured in the beginning of the season, and Morgantown started off losing the first five out of six of their games. And I could almost tell that because Morgantown and University are two teams from up north that tweet West Virginia overtime all the time. Um, they DM us pitchers. They DM us uh, when people at their school are doing good, whether it's wrestlers, swimming, uh, football, anything like that. And I wasn't getting anything from Morgantown's girls basketball team. I made sure that I was actually following them and that's when I saw that they were losing games and I just assumed, you know, I'm just not going to hear from them that much. Well, let me tell you, uh, when Caitlin Ammons came back, um, it, it was just amazing it was like there was a huge turnaround in the energy of their fans 
like I said, I started getting more stuff from them um, on West Virginia Overtime's uh, DMs and tweeted at me. Um, they have said in some articles that I read that the Woodrow loss was almost like a wake-up call for them. That their coach told them, you know, about Woodrow's reputation and about how Woodrow usually went to the state tournament and here they had lost 55 to 37 and hadn't even really been in the game. So quite a few players seemed to feel like that was the wake-up call for them because since that loss, they haven't let anyone score over 50 points since then. They they haven't they have picked up the defensive intensity. Here's the thing. Um I am really caught between a rock and a hard place, I think. Now, I know a lot of you are saying, Sam, are you kidding? Yeah, I I am. I um I feel like I need to pick Morgantown in this one. I want to go on this journey with them. I want to see them succeed in the state tournament. I know Woodrow has the better team. I know that, you know, they beat them earlier. I know that their fans are giving them all kinds of of energy and that they are really going to be gunning and bringing it in this first game. But my heart is telling me Woodrow overlooks this. They are not looking at this matchup. I think because they beat them earlier in the season, I think Woodrow is looking ahead to Parkersburg. I really do. And I think they're discounting Morgantown. So I think, and I may be totally wrong, and if I am, guys, feel free to call me out on it. You guys know where to find me. You can hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at uh, WV Overtime, or you can write me at WVOvertime at gmail.com. But I'm going with Morgantown. And I think this is a very close game. Like I said, I think Morgantown is really on a journey. And they have turned it around with Caitlin and Emmons. And I think they shock Wood right off the bat, like I said, in a close one, to kind of wake them up. Now, game two in AAA actually doesn't take place until Wednesday night. Like I said, it'll be in the middle of the night session between the two AA games, and it will be number one Parkersburg taking on number eight Spring Mills. Um, I don't really know what to say a whole lot about this game. Uh, Parkersburg's 19-5. and five. They are the two-time defending champs. They've been to the state tournament before numerous times. They are very prepared 
when they come to Charleston, they know the drill. Uh, their coach, Scott Cousins, um, basically has it down pat what they do on game day when the, when they arrive in Charleston. They are not uh, at the least intimidated by the uh, bigness of the Coliseum and the fans that will that'll be there. So a lot of people are just automatically picking Parkersburg again this year. Now, Parkersburg on December 11th was upset by Willing Park by one point. Now, I need to stress that. They were upset back in December, December 11th, by one point by Willing Park. Um, They didn't lose to another West Virginia team the rest of the season. Um, This was a focal point that their coach, like I said, Scott Cousins, really hit home with them and really wanted them to focus and get ready to have a three-peat. And they have just rolled over the the state competition that they have have faced um they really have tough defense that has been their calling card for the last couple seasons and so i look for them to bring a, a very very tough defense down here and they try on offense to they don't change their offense, but they do focus their offense on matchup issues through scouting, and they try to take advantage of certain issues. Like I said, Parkersburg is taking on Spring Mill. Spring Mill has been a little bit of a controversy. I think um, I've heard from a lot of people and have seen it on Twitter and different discussion groups that I'm a part of. Um, they are 11 and 14. They have never been above 500 this whole entire season. Um and people are joking around and saying, hey, if you're going to pick a Cinderella in the tournament, Spring Mill has to be your choice with their losing record. But the other side of the coin is so many people throughout the state, especially in the northern part of the state, think they shouldn't even be part of the tournament. They think there should be a seeding type issue and that because... Spring Mill uh, is in a weaker region and was able to beat some teams. They don't really feel like they deserve to be there while Willing Park, who is a very tough team, like I said, they upset Parkersburg and Morgantown got them in an upset or Willing Park would be at the state tournament. A lot of people believe that they should, Willing Park should be in Spring Mill's place. I don't know that I feel that way. I I think that this is set up 
to not only make you play great ball at at a great time, but they have changed it into a double elimination up until you get to the state tournament in order to allow the better teams to play their way in. And Willing Park didn't do that. So I almost think, you know, they had their chance. And it just so happens that Spring Mill was, you know, the one that came out of that particular region. Well, let me tell you, their fans have been going wild on Twitter. Uh, Their students and their... Uh, parent organizations seem to be fired up all weekend long, and it, it has continued through Monday. I really haven't been on Twitter that much today to see if it's still happening today. I imagine that they left today to come down to Charleston. However, they are fired up, and they want to show people that they actually belong in this tournament and want to have a great showing just to prove to people what's going on. I haven't been able to find very much on Spring Mill. I'm just going to be very honest with you. The articles that I did find and the box scores and stuff, Jada Brooks is the name that keeps popping up in articles and box scores and it's usually talking about her rebounding and the putbacks that she gets. So I'm going to make the assumption that Ada Brooks is a post player and that she hits the boards really hard, boxes out well, and gets some easy putbacks or gets fouled putting, trying to put them back. I don't know enough about Spring Mills. I'm just going to be real honest. I have to pick Parkersburg in this game. I've seen them play. Um, They're unbelievable. I've talked to their coach. He makes adjustments on the fly really well. And I really see this as a blowout game. I'm sorry, Spring Mills. You can write me. I uh, have gave out my information. Like I said, we're WV Overtime on Facebook and Twitter. And we're WV Overtime at gmail.com. You can tell me how wrong I am if you guys um, upset Parkersburg tomorrow night. But something tells me that's just not going to happen and that Parkersburg is going to blow them out. And it's just going to continue the conversation that they feel Willing Park should be down here in Spring Mills Place. Now, I'm going to go ahead and break down the next two games. The next two games don't happen until Thursday, March 12th. But I wanted to get AAA done in one episode. So, um, the first game on Thursday, March 12th, is the third game of AAA. And it is number four, Cabell Midland, versus number five, University. And it's supposed to take place at 11.15. This is the game that if you're going to watch a AAA game in the first round, I really think you need to watch this game. Um, 
I think these two are fairly evenly matched, and I think it's going to be a really good game. Early in the season, Cabell Midland looked like the team to beat. They started out 13-0, and and after their football team doing so well and getting their school pumped up, and then their boys' basketball team started off extremely strong and then to have their girls basketball team start out 13 and 0 Cabell Midland as a school and as a fan base were riding high and they basically have continued that um I hear from Cabell Midland fans all the time about how great their sports teams are and they do support their sports teams so i look for a big contingent of cabell midland to be in charleston on thursday morning um they don't have any seniors on their team and because of that I almost feel like their younger players hit kind of a wall in the middle of the season. Uh, Lost some focus, um, really wasn't used to the type of schedule that you have in high school, wasn't used to the demands that were placed on them. Like I said, starting out 3-0, and of course, people were wanting to interview them. People were coming to practice to interview their coach. You know, they were getting a lot of publicity and everything. I just feel like they hit a wall. Or it seemed to me like they did as I tried to watch some of their games. Um, they finished up 18-6. and so after starting 13 and 0, they actually just went 5 and 6. That concerns me a little bit. I wonder if they have gotten their momentum back, their mojo back, um, or if they're still kind of unfocused and not real sure of themselves. I wonder if they're doubting themselves. Um, they have a pretty balanced offense um their fans on twitter however i mean they've had um all five of their starters be at double figures uh at one point or another they usually have two or three in double figures in games so they have a really balanced offense however like i said their fans on Twitter, uh, I have been hearing now for two weeks, feel like Riley and Jada Alley are ready to break out. They keep telling me to watch these, these two. They feel like that they're going to have a awesome state tournament and that they're really going to break out. I feel like the thing to look for is can they score over 50 points? Because they have won 17 out of 18 of their wins they have. So if they can get this balanced attack offense going and score over 50 points... Um, against university 
or come anywhere close to it as the game's coming down to the line, I I think that they may be able to pull it off. However, University is another team that I've constantly heard about. Like I said, I hear from their fans all the time. Um, everybody knows about their boys team. They've got an outstanding backcourt. Well, People haven't been overlooking University's girls team. They have been getting just as much coverage up there by their newspapers and their TV stations and the radio and everything. Um, they are 18 and 7, and they have won seven straight here recently. Um, they have a trio, I guess we would call them, of seniors of Ashton Boggs, Mallory Natapoliano, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and Abby Cohen, and they appear to be ready to show that they can kind of keep up with Caden Matheny, their their superstar boys player. These seniors want to have as good of a senior year as what um, Matheny and McClurg are having for university's boys team. Um, Boggs is particularly, Ashton Boggs is particularly talked about for her hard banging ways underneath her aggressiveness her taking charge underneath and um she is averaging 18 a game now when i inquired and talked to some reporters up there uh, they said that even when she's on the outside that she still uh, is extremely aggressive, goes after the ball, but that sometimes it does cause her to get into foul situations. So that's one of the things that I feel like you got to really watch with them is the foul situation. I'm kind of afraid. I'm just going to be real honest with you. I'm afraid that they're going to overlook Cabell Midland. Because, like I said, I have a lot of their fans that contact me both on Facebook and Twitter, especially in DMs, um, and they always, and let me repeat that, they always mention Parkersburg. Well, I hate to tell University, you've got to play two games before you even get a shot at Parkersburg. And here's the thing, Parkersburg actually has to win their games. I don't think that this team should be worried about Parkersburg. And I hope their fans are not putting it in their head that Cabell Midland is going to be a walkover. Because they're not. And like I said, I think this is going to be a close game. I really do. I know that University wants to play Parkersburg in the championship and get them back for losing in the championship game to Parkersburg last year. But I think if University can come out and focus with that trio of seniors, I think they beat Cabell Midland. I'm looking for University to beat Cabell Midland. If they come out 
because it's an early morning game at 11.15, and they aren't focused, and Parkersburg's sitting in the stands, and they start thinking about last year and wanting to take them on again in the championship game, then Cabell Midland's going to make them pay. So I'm going with university on this one, but like I said, I think it's going to be a close one. Now the night game on Thursday, March 12th, or excuse me, March 13th, the last game of AAA is going to be Greenbrier East versus number six, uh, Martinsburg, and it's supposed to take place somewhere around 7.15. Now, again, Greenbrier East, um, they haven't been overlooked. How can you overlook Greenbrier East? Our governor, West Virginia's governor, Jim D- Justice, is their head coach. So they're always going to be in the newspaper, uh, whether they win or lose, and it seems like Every article I popped up or every video that I popped up from Lewisburg, Princeton, or Beckley, or anywhere, they always want to mention that Governor Justice is their coach. Great. He's been their coach forever. I don't understand why it's a big deal. Um, You know, he was their coach way before he was governor. And, you know, the kids... Every time I've seen them play or watch snippets, uh, videos that the news stations have put together, it seems like the kids basically treat him as a coach. They, I don't think they think of him as the governor. And yes, I'm doing air quotes. Um, but after the altercation that happened with Woodrow Wilson and the comments that Governor Justice made, it seems like the spotlight has been turned on Greenbrier East even more. And they have kind of handled that and kind of not. They really became unfocused when Woodrow beat them. And um, I was really worried whether Greenbrier East was actually going to make it to the state tournament. Um, so they've been um, a little bit, like I said, a little unfocused. They are known for changing defenses. Um, and that's something that I did the first year of my career. I changed defenses constantly. And that's something that Greenmeyer East um, does. That kind of shocks me. But they don't care to do it on the fly. It's not that they change defenses out of a timeout or after a quarter or whatever. No, they'll they'll change defenses as they're going down the floor. You may see them, you know, in a man the first time you bring down the ball, and then the second time they're in some kind of zone. They don't care to change defenses on the fly. And this has a tendency to confuse a lot of people they play, especially if you haven't scouted them well or if you haven't played them before. A lot of the teams in their area, you know, of course, play them twice. Or, you know, like Greenbrier East, or excuse me, like Woodrow Wilson, they played them three times this year. So them switching defense didn't 
bother them as much. However, with Martinsburg not having seen a lot of this, I, I'm a little unsure of what's going to happen. They expect a lot, and I do mean a lot, from senior Haley McClure to lead them on both ends of the floor. Um, she is expected to get them in the correct defense and to correct them if they're not in the right place. And she is really expected um, kind of to make sure the ball gets in the right hands. And so she she really is expected to lead them. But I keep coming back. And the reason why I only switched defenses constantly in my very first season was because there's an old saying in basketball that if you play too many defenses, you don't spend enough time working on any defense. Which, when it's broken down, if you're having to spend, you know, practice time on four or five different defenses then you're not really focused on one and getting great at one. So I wonder if this is going to come and bite Greenbrier East in the butt. You know, I, I wonder if they are using the switching of defenses just kind of as an element of surprise and to create turnovers, but there is one defense that they do focus on and can run if they're not confusing people, and I think we'll see that. Um, Like I said, number six, uh, Martinsburg, also concentrates on defense and trying to totally stop teams. When they met Greenbrier East earlier this season, I was told by a a reporter from down in that area that Martinsburg was totally confused by Greenbrier East uh, switching defenses that Greenbrier East got a lot of turnovers. Greenbrier East basically totally killed them 73 to 48 and that it really wasn't a game. Um, Martinsburg has a center that's 6-1 though. Her name is uh, Morgan Andrews and she has been on a roll of having double doubles and then they have two pretty good guards that showed up in their box scores and showed up in articles fairly regularly they're gonna have to take care of the ball they're gonna have to when the ball gets brought up be taking care of the ball and making a read on what defense Greenbrier East is actually in and did they change their defense and then they're gonna have to cut down the turnovers that they had in the last game to even have a chance in this game I'm gonna be honest with you I don't think they do I don't think Martinsburg has a chance in this game. I think Greenbrier East 
blows them out. I don't think that Greenbrier East lets them get the ball into their 6-1 center. And I feel like both their guards will have problems recognizing the defensive change, getting them into the correct offense, and getting the ball where it needs to go without having turnovers. So I look for Greenbrier East big in this game. Well, that's, you know, the preview of the first round of games for AAA. Um, I will be doing single A tomorrow because single A day is Thursday. Um, and I will break down all uh, six six of their games and, or excuse me, all uh four of their games um, and tell you kind of what to expect in single A. Then on Friday, well, late Thursday night, you'll have it Friday Friday morning when you wake up. I will break down uh, the matchups that are happening on Friday. And then again, we'll do the same thing for Saturday. So I look forward to uh, talking to you guys tomorrow about the single A situation that's going on at the tournament and the matchups there. Um, If you have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, feel free to contact me at WV Overtime uh, on Twitter or Facebook or write me at WVOvertime at gmail.com and feel free to disagree with me on any of the AAA games that I have picked. And don't forget our AA podcast that we did earlier this morning to start things off. I'll be talking to you guys soon, and I hope that if you're coming down to the tournament, you're being careful and that you have fun. I'll see you there. Bye.